Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm back in Melbourne. DK. Hello, Scooty. Good to see you, brother. Hey, you're back. How do you like it down here? In Victoria, mate, is this, isn't this how good's the weather down here? Magnificent. It's got nothing on the Gold Coast. Hey? I've been here for about 24 hours. It's grey. It hasn't stopped raining. <laughs> the joint cactus still. I, I, I mean, I crowed it. The other day I was out for a little gallop in the morning, <laughs> as I do, and it was still as sun as it I said, we're, we're through winter. We're out the back end. As soon as I've said that, have a look at the last three days. Completely cast. And fucking heavy heavy tracks everywhere. <laughs> I'm sick of heavy tracks, if you haven't noticed. Bog tracks. Mm. Meetings, buddy. You know, I can't can't bet early because half the chance are going to be called off and they're inspecting them in the morning. But anyway, that's the Provincials. Big um, Memsey State card looks enormous. So on the uh, on the upside there, the, the horses down here in Victoria, uh, the meeting says it's going to be really good. I think we might uh, have to ship DK off to New Zealand. I think he'd be unbeatable over there. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But, uh, Walt, how are you coping without me? Is, uh, is, the Queen, is Queensland coping without me in the state? I've got the lights off down here, morning, morning, because you're not here. You've abandoned us. You, uh, you, you lured me in, told me I was going to dinner with Shaq last night down in Melbourne and through you know, all the hard work I do all year, tallying up all DK's name drops throughout the year, doing all those things that, no one else can do, and then you abandoned me, went down there, you're trying to make out Shaq didn't make it to dinner, well, you know you're under the table, looking for his big four foot long or whatever it is. <laughs> the reason you couldn't uh, come down is uh, Zagotya, you're still counting, you were best on ground last week, a little uh, 19 or $20 winner oh, there, Zagotya. So, he tipped, tipped a $19 winner. Yeah, W. Pike, C. Waller, his favourite combination, apart from Reese Jones. Well, w. Pike? Yeah. Mm, yeah, good. Absolute fill-up. Got good. me Too out of a severe hole, and I'm sure that uh, the listeners at home uh, would have followed you in there. So uh, hat tip there, and uh, I'm tipping you're uh, going to be counting that for a very long time. We've got uh, a special guest. We've got Nico Noonan on the show a little bit later, but uh, he's stuck in the Monash car park. There's an absolute big pile on there, so uh, he's going to be a little bit delayed. So the first segment we're going to cover is uh, with Richie Irvine. We've been talking about the state of the great game, and uh, you guys will know Richie from uh, past podcasts and shows, and we sort of call him the patron saint of punting because he's done uh, a mountain of work around the minimum bet laws, which uh, is starting to get a little bit stale. Once upon a time, it, you had to wait till what, 9 o'clock in the morning to get uh, your minimum bets on. And well, He got them introduced. Basically, he was the one who sort of stuck up and got him introduced, and without that, none of us would be sitting here doing this show or bothering doing anything. So, uh, But that was 2014, so as we know, as we keep saying, a lot of water's gone under the bridge since then, which we'll go through with Richie and... Um, things need to change, so uh, it'd be great to have him have a chat to him. Exactly, and he's proposing a national bookmaker's betting obligation, so the NBBO, and this might be uh, a new thing instead of the minimum bet laws to make it a uh, a national approach and, I guess, standardise uh, the betting limits, which uh, seems to... Uh, there's just book, bookmakers at the moment that are sort of flaunting the rules and there's a couple of issues with it, and I think it just needs a freshen up on many fronts. But uh, welcome to the show, Richie. Boys, great to be here. It's interesting that you've awoken from your slumber because you did a lot of the bullocking work. It would have been, I guess, a tiresome uh, pursuit. Uh, you needed to probably focus on your own punning again, and it is a big distraction to have. You've done a great job, as we've said, but uh, it is a uh, a bit of a a bit of a line in the sand moment. Uh, I think Tabcourt have just released uh, a twenty two percent loss in some of their figures, and there's a real tipping point at the moment because prize money is going one way, and then. The post-COVID boom of betting and turnover is starting to uh, 
go back the other way. And obviously, we've spoken to Tristan a lot. Dean Shannon is uh, starting to pull uh, sponsorship with Ladbrokes, the Broncos. Uh, and I guess the next thing, once they stop uh, pulling all the TV ads and the sponsorship, it, uh, it starts to uh, eat into the punters. And then percentage of the board, all the bonus bets and all the incentives start to go back the other way. But uh, I guess in a nutshell, um, what's the one primary reason why you think uh, the national uh, bookmakers betting obligation should be brought in and scrap the NBL? The number one reason is because if you're 20 years old and you watch a sports bet on Ladbrokes ad and you um, think I might try and start betting on rugby league or AFL or whatever and you apply yourself and try really hard at it and find a little bit of an edge and have a small, a really small bet, 100 bucks, 50 bucks, and you get a little bit of a run, then suddenly they're going to turn around and bet you nothing and turn the price off in your face. Um, and that's probably the main reason we need a national bookmakers betting obligation because it's just completely unconscionable and unfair. We, you've got to be able, if we're going to have betting, you've got to be able to be offered the chance to win money. So that's the over, overarching reason that we're doing it. I'm also doing it strategically because I think that if we push that narrative, which is an incredibly strong one, all of us, which is racing pundits, can tuck in behind that and get a much better minimum bet limit, which we renamed the National Bookmakers Betting Obligation. The reason we rename it is because the minimum bet limit is confusing. We understand it because we've heard it so many times, but everybody else is not as deeply into the game as we are, probably don't quite understand what it means. The terminology is not great. Um, and it needs overhauling and it's um, it, it needs to be run by one national body. It's the worst at the moment. You, you've got a bookmaker who's giving you grief and you've got to put in complaints with seven different jurisdictions or more if you're betting on Greyhounds Harness and racing as well. It's, it's all over the shop. Um, this is not to be critical of regulators. They've done a really good job. Um, you know, I got on well with all of them. Started some good dialogues with them already since I sort of come back into the fray and they've all been really receptive. Um, you know, had had some good dialogue just over email with Rachel New South Wales, and I was happy with the result that I got out of that. Um, won't really divulge what I said, but more just it, it gave me some ammo to keep pushing down the road from them, and they were happy for me to put that on the record. So I will put up that on the record. Um, and meeting with RVL next week also. Um, Got some avenues to meet some of the bigger bookies, like some of the bookies, the bookies that I've just talked about earlier. And I'm not trying to take a shot at them. You know, I think that they're great for the game. Um, I just want to work with them, work with the governments, and also work with Tabcorp to balance the industry out um, because Tabcorp started this conversation. And I think it's a good thing. Like, I cringed a bit. I cringed a bit when I first saw the ads because I was like, wow, this is like, a little embarrassing for Tabcourt, but then when I sat back and looked at it, I thought this is actually great for punters because there's so much skewed against us. And if Tabcourt want to start the conversation about what's fair and what's not, we've got a lot to say. And um, yeah, so if that's been going good for me, people want to hear what I've got to say. Um, and it's it's not what I want to say. What I can say is like, I'll happily put my hand up to represent all of us. And as you see on my Twitter handle, like all opinions are welcome just because I say something, it doesn't mean it's the right thing. And, you know, um, the more feedback I get, the more I can relate to. So, Rich, there obviously was it was it uh, or was it was it the fair play ads that was the tipping point there? Because I remember a couple of years ago, you sort of you sort of threw your hands in the air a bit. And yeah, sort of, you know, you you were, you had enough of dealing with the PRAs. They weren't that, you know, they're just giving you the same lines, and you sort of okay, I've had enough, and that was it. Someone else can take over this. 
and we, we, we were discussing it amongst ourselves. We who's going to take the baton from Rich, and then and now you're back and strongly in the picture. Was it was it those fair play ads? Was that the was that the tipping point for you? Yes, it was. And but also there was a couple of things. COVID was around, which was came out to everybody. I also had two really young kids, so when you get hammered by the young kids, and you got people like DMing you on Twitter at CTM saying I got the wrong deductions off tab, you kind of like I just need a break from this. Um, so I just took a couple of years off, which is great, great to do. Refreshed. Um, and also, like, I've been in the game 25 years now, and I was sort of even at that time, I was like, do I want to keep doing this? You know, a few years ago, I was just, you know, halfway through my career, do I want to do this forever? And then sort of realised, yeah, it's, it's what I love and what I want to do. So I sort of redoubled my efforts into the game and then just mostly just getting frustrated that we're not getting, we're not moving, we're not technologically advancing like we should, punters are, and that's because we're hamstrung by rules around minimum bet limits and stuff. And so that was probably one of the main inspirations to get in there and um, and, and start having a crack for a better deal. Um, but it's all about strategy. Like I've been doing this long enough now that it's, it's, it's strategy. It's, you know, and you've got to pick and choose what you do um, to get change. A little bit uh, of conversation that Walt and I have, and you can probably clarify it a little bit clearer for me, uh, Walt, but are you proposing, Rich, that the MBL needs to be higher so the get-on-to-win amount, do they need to be higher or are you just saying that they just need to be uniform across the boards and it just needs clarity and a national approach? Because Walt and I are probably more concerned at uh, the market percentages that are sort of on, on the boards. And, like, for example, in some of top sports markets, they've gone from, say, closing – at 111 or 113% market, so, and now they're sort of closing at 117 to 122%. So having the minimum bet laws uh, is one thing, but again, if they're just going to push the prices out in, and the prices on the boards are going to be less attractive and less appealing, punters are just going to lose 10 times as quick. And I know... That's not true. He's just trying to claw back all the bloody what, you know, costs and stuff. You, can, you know, that's not... I mean... It's but a, that's the that's the cause and effect. So if the taxes go up, that's right. Tristan has to put more percentage on their board. And I think, uh, off the top of my head, I think Betfair is now thirty or forty percent more uh, expensive. So they, their commissions increase between thirty right. or forty percent, and there's like a thin layer of pricing. So the prices look like they're the they're the same percentages, but there's no depth to the market anymore. That's more. You can say, well, yeah, that's what everyone says. Forget about them. Bet with Betfair, bet everybody. You got to pay. Okay, that's good. You got to bet at SP. And pay seven to ten percent for the privilege. Like it's not that simple, you know. You just you need that the betfair commissions are going up instead of down. You know, again, just stifling turnover. But anyway, well, I, I digress. Yeah, you know, like exactly what you're saying is uh, the percentage is getting to a position where a lot of people are falling out of racing, like they're, they're disappearing. And it kind of what you're touching on. I'm saying like, uh, okay, people who are like super smart in the market don't want to identify anyone really. Someone who thinks they can bet through any percentage. There's a few out there. They're selective, but people who want to turn over a lot of money, the, the percentages make it more difficult. Um, and then you've got the guys who are sort of losing between say naught and 10% now, which is still important to the industry. If you up the minimum bet laws and the percentages go up, like Nick was saying, they're going to lose a lot quicker than they're even aware. You know, there's a lot of people that are leaking a lot of money now that don't even really understand why, you know, and 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 they're not winning and they're going to be lost to the market. And I, I completely understand where uh, Richard's coming from. Like you've really got to appeal. You've got to weasel your way into a certain point. And, and we don't have a lot to offer 
these people in their opinion, apart from that we pay for the whole industry, but that doesn't seem important to them because they don't identify with anyone other than the recreational punter. And what I see is the recreational punter just absolutely being skinned alive and the industry basically, you know, long story short, being fueled upon nearly problem gambling. And um, that sort of goes back to what Rich said at the start, like people are uh, enticed to bet, 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 but if you win, you know, you get thrown off the off the bus, and uh, and eventually, the only people left on the bus are going to be people that are that are betting beyond their means, that are being enticed, that are being given all these incentives to bet, and um, you know, it's it's just unrealistic to believe, to, in my eyes, that that's going to fund the industry long term. And and again, coming back to how you attack that, and how you get a voice, and how the best to approach that like it's always like i get rich's frustration i've never even tried like i've tried on a small level and it's hard to get anyone's ear but um yeah i i'm interested to hear what he's uh, the sort of how he goes down with rvl because i thought that guy was the guy who maybe you could really sort of team up with someone like tristan put a good report together show him you know all the people that are lost to the industry all the turnover that's lost and how maybe some of that could be recovered and the plus side even to that for someone like uh, a, a new administrator in RVL is if he sort of came on board, listened to how you could rejuvenate the industry in a few different ways. And, you know, obviously we want to get other other things in that, that Rich is talking about as well, but say a tax structure that's realistic. We don't want, you know, a handout, but something that the corporates can survive. We can turn over money. Like DK said, drop, drop bet fares, uh, well, give them a realistic tax structure and rejuvenate turnover. Like, Corporates, they'll get so much money from advertising. I'll like if I've been betting on New South Wales alone for 25 years, I'd swap to Victoria tomorrow if they changed, you know, the, if their market rates came down and Betfair, um, you know, percentage came down. And I think something like that is probably the way I would have approached it. But, um, you know, that's a long shot. It's just because just you've got a new face in the industry you might be able to listen to. So I'd be very interested to see what, um, you know, how, how Rich goes with Racing Victoria, especially. It's Andrew Jones you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Andrew there. Jones is the yeah. new chief executive for Racing Victoria. So he said he says that he wants to put customer first and punter first. But I guess that it'd be great to get him on the show and or get him in the studio here and um, see what he's I guess really made of. There's no one more rusted on uh, the game with than DK Walton and Richie. And I guess we're the only guys that seem to be, I guess, talking about it at uh, this level. But um, what's what's your response there, uh, Richie? Yeah, to all that stuff. So. I, I think the game's completely airborne. Like sports bet, like making the most money that anyone's ever made in in the game. Is this because of the COVID sugar hit you're including yeah. here, though? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They made like when they, when they made seven hundred fifty million clear profit last year. I think they admit themselves it'll probably come down a bit from that, but they're still um, made a great profit. I mean, they've also like in their annual report, they've said that they have to set aside a further one hundred twenty-five million dollars for the point of consumption tax rises in New South Wales and Queensland. And that's, yeah, so, so, and they will be massaging things to make punters pay for that. But I think the point that needs to be made, and I think if you spoke to people who are in the administration side of racing, like back in the 1990s, racing was going great, right? And everyone was betting into 117, 180% tote markets. Yeah, there was a bit of money, of course, but it wasn't anything significant compared to what was in the totes. Racing was doing really well. Then sort of had the digital revolution from sort of the 2000s, 2000s onwards. 
And it was sort of like the Wild West. There was bookies everywhere. The percentages dropped really low because a lot of the bookies didn't have to pay product fees and all that kind of stuff. And it like sort of made it for made it a great marketplace for all of us. And we all did pretty well out of it. It's like it's not like any of us made life-changing money out of it, but we made pretty good money. And the way I see it is that the industry's now caught up with that and have put the percentages back up to around that 117, 118% like it was in the 1990s when we only had the tab. But now everybody bets fixed price. So the, the administrators and regulators have to get as much out of punters as they did in the past to continue to grow the game. So my personal opinion is that everything's going airborne in the industry. I don't, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of criticism out there of, especially racing to Wales, will surprise me. I probably don't really share that view. Like, yeah, Tab Corp came out with a bad result today and it's, I haven't actually read it. It'd be interesting to see whether or not it's attributed yeah. to poor tote turnover or whether it's attributed to just poor strategic and business decisions by Tab Corp, which they're trying to fix. So I think that the people who are getting squeezed out is all of us and that's no good, but we are a tiny, tiny minority now, do we deserve to get squeezed out? Definitely not. But I think my approach would be, and I'm not saying I'm right, it'd be interesting to talk to these, to the regulated stuff. And, like, I, I haven't spoken to PBL. Like, I've sent him an email and then, and, and then sent it to him and then the person below him and the person below him came straight back to me, um, which I was really appreciative of. Maybe PBL read, read my piece. I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's... Yeah, so I would I would be interested in his opinion on it all about where us, you know, semi-professional punters sit in in the scheme of things now that we're getting into really big percentages. What do you guys think about that line of thought? For argument for argument's sake, right? If if a corporate at the moment has to win like fifteen percent on turnover, right, to on a day to to survive the taxes, which is sort of the numbers I've been throwing, between ten and fifteen overall they have to win on turnover. Insane number. Um, if that's your average, right? And then we put any pressure on them, say you anything that's good for us, which is only realistic. Like, I agree with you. Automation, uh, as long as, you know, queuing and things is allowed, the, the bookmakers have got to have some sort of defence against it. But if, you know, you're the first in, you should be allowed to, to bet across as many bookmakers as there are. No problem with that. But if any sort of more pressure is put on them, where do they go? You know, like um, it's it's got to... I think, I, think, I, think, I think the tipping point's reached. I think the 20%, Queensland, everyone's, I don't, you won't see another state government go to 20%, I don't think. I know that ACT just did it. I don't think you'll see anyone else do it because it's just, it's, the tipping point is 15%. Once they go past 15% point of consumption tax, I think that's when people say this is ridiculous, like you're making this untenable. So I think that, yeah, I, I Right. But but that's untenable. Sorry to interrupt you. That's no, untenable that's... with us being squeezed out. So if we want any more leniency or we want any more fairness on our part, it's got to be relaxed further back from where they actually are probably looking just for themselves to be, just so we can fit back in somewhere. Yeah. So and... we said this is where this is the this is the strategy that we need to come up with. So why can't Betfair get a better deal so people like us don't get stretched out, pushed out, so we don't have to pay ten percent. What's called product fee? What, they, what, what is it? Your, your market rate on Betfair? What do you call it? Like, yeah. From from my from my limited knowledge with the Queensland situation, it sounds like the government have uh, one eighty million dollars out in what they needed um, from a, a revenue perspective, and then they had to 
they've brought in this new tax and then they've recut the figures and realised that they were another 50 million short. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Queensland situation changes soon. And maybe you're right, Richie, with that that sweet spot. But because he Parnell, he does get it. Like he's oh, no, they he understand. Get, you and know, I, he's got to he's got to go hard. You know, so hang on a minute. And I think the drop off is starting to happen a lot quicker. And I, we've t- we've talked about this on past episodes with. Um, the lad brokes of sports bet dropping Queensland racing right. off their next to jump That's menus, right. and then all of a sudden you can see that bookies have got levers. And so the thing that I can't grasp at the moment or that they've just seemed to overlook and it's just stark, and I guess because we're aligned with top sport and we have an open dialogue with Tristan, uh, we get sort of somewhat of an inside running or to – it's just more in real time what what's happening with his figures. But on a real simple level – Tristan's basically having to decrease turnover and rip the guts out of his business. Like, so, like, at a bookmaker his size, he's passed all these new, um, like, he's 10 years in front of all these guys that have been on track. He's taken the big leap. He's got into the digital world. And now he's sort of, he's not as big as Ladbrokes, not as big as sports bet. He should aspire to be like that. And we need more competition at that top level. But there's just zero incentive for him to grow his business any further. And he needs, us in his ecosystem and he needs a healthy bet fair in his ecosystem because if Tristan can hold more money and take more bets, his tool to lay off will be bet fair and will be tote products and different and, and strong products through there. And all these other small bookmakers, these pop-up um, bet makers bookmakers, they need a strong exchange because they're just not going to grow and get to that level of taking the holds that they need to without tools like that to lay off, which at the moment, it's hey. I, they're just it's devil and deep blue sea. You've got someone like Tristan who's trying to bet aggressive prices, trying to grow his business, and he's going bust. Then you've got all these bookmakers on the betmaker system that are encouraged to keep their revenue to a million dollars or less, and they're just going to take market share off all the other bookmakers and then pay less tax. Like it just seems that like they've all got themselves the PRAs have just collectively got themselves in a tangle just to appease the tote, and they've just got this one big outlier. Uh, sports bet who just seem to be swallowing up the whole market and have got a better digital experience than everyone else, and it's a complete mess. And then you've got sports bet playing on the same uh, minimum bet limits as someone like Tristan, and it's just all skew if and just not not fair. It's the opposite of fair at the moment for everyone and people, and it's just oh, I just can't see where the incentive is for these people to grow, and there's just no logic around the current set of rules. It just doesn't make sense. It needs a realignment, and we just need better parameters and a better thought-out solution so more people can grow to the next level. And the, the biggest thing I feel sorry for Tristan is that he's a, he's a Queensland boy. He's born and bred. Yep. It's his home state that's sticking it up, sticking it up him the most. Like, yeah, fair enough, you know, what, he's trying to grow a business and then all of a sudden he's got a decreased turnover. And just to reiterate, the point, a lot of his customers would be Queensland-based. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because and I, that's I hadn't what, thought about that because he's in Queensland-based, obviously the 20%. It applies to his, yeah. his his home state where he's where he's advertising the most and sponsoring the Titans and doing stuff like this, trying to get customers. Yet where the where the bet is struck, that's where he's got a cop twenty percent tax. Where he, I remember him saying before he has had good meetings with RVL and stuff when he's tried to do promotions and things. They're happy to give him a tax offset and things like that. Where his home state just wants to j- uh, jam the taxes up just indiscriminately. So yeah. Anyway, we we spoke about a tipping point. Uh, Walt's been talking about it. You have Scoot and everything. So. Um, it seems like it's been reached. I agree with Richie that like something like this, uh, whatever you want to call it, what do you call it, NB, NBO, 
something like that. So, so at the moment, what do we give? Like one and a half percent to the the horses that um, you know need rehome, and we give half a percent to this. We give jockeys things. Why why can't one percent be attached to some sort of punters coalition? I don't know what it is that that develops technology that. You know, something like, um, you know, your automation system down the line, maybe whenever somebody, a bookmaker signs up, they must make their API available. It goes onto a dynamic, dynamic odds that's, that's you know, the run by this this system and, you know, therefore, you know, they're always overlooked. Everything's transparent. Punters are getting a fair go. The clients, they know what they're up for. You know, I, I see they've spent some money on this Ramwick win system. You know, I'm not knocking it, but, you know, I don't know how much went into that, but, you know, I'm... And, this shows a punning form show and I use the ratings to win as well. Something like that. I don't care who it is, you know, making something like that available, Australia, those sorts of advantages are things that excite me um, to, to make people want to become involved. The betting's another side of it, but how we don't have, uh, you know, more love and support from the industry is, is crazy. For the, for the money, the money that the punters generate <clears throat> and the profits, you know, the, the fact that it's, uh, it's up to Matt Welsh and these guys to him, to start, you know, actually getting sectional times on racing.com for the last three years. But why they don't go and try and grab a punning form or buy a punning or, you know, the industry loose war chest mm. and buy land out here. But what about growing the punting, you know? Why don't go and buy, buy a database, buy an exchange, do something, you know, to invigorate the bloody thing and give everyone the tools they have to turn, turn more money over at a, at a reasonable rate? There just needs to, <laughs> there, there needs to be a bigger incentive for the market to get sharper faster. We've seen like the pinnacle model where they open up on lower limits and then they find that, um, you know, that, that $1.92 or $1.95 lines t- and then the turnover just absolutely thrives. Like if you want to get d- a bet down on American turn- uh, American sport, you can get unlimited amounts of money and the SP is just so true. And within three hours, they know what the line should be when they put up a, an NBA match or an NFL match or whatever that is. And at the moment, we're so far away from that. We once once the prices go up, it, at, at the moment it's it's just all well, it's all fake, and then there's there's nothing really happened. And we saw it on the Coffs Harbour stream. Like the market really doesn't kick in till like the twenty minute mark, and then Tristan's reporting that there's no real genuine action till the last five minutes. And the problem is the trading window is so short, and then so punters, as Richie pointed out in some of his articles, they're just so time poor. That's why we need the top flux, the best of the best. And that's why the new generation of punter, they want to do everything on their mobile. So the the, the easiest low-hanging fruit is the in-play sports stuff, um, and that needs to be overturned. That's going to be a massive injection of funds and turnover. We've got all the responsible gambling um, checks in place now. Um, the national exclusion uh, that's, that's, that's is, coming. Is, is coming. And so once that turns on and the self-exclude on a national level, there's no reason why in-play shouldn't be activated. But and so that, that's where the strategy comes into it. Okay. So let's in play would be huge for Betfair, you would think, right? So why can't why not give that to Betfair, like allow Betfair to have in play based on the reason that Betfair is so intrinsic to the way to community. Like the bookies love it, the punters love it, we need it. You know, they are obviously tipping a lot of revenue, but if they can go from being you know, just surviving to making a reasonable profit because in play comes in. Why can't like why can't we do that? Especially on the narrative that of the fair play coalition. And that's why we just that's that's my whole thing is like give Betfair this, give the online hookies this, give punters this, give Tabcorp that. Like let's all weigh it up. But at the moment, like Tabcorp started it, they've just got so much advantage now, right? 
will they make the most of that advantage? We'll see. Um, but everyone else is cast, and it's like, come on, like, let's let's even things up. And we will. Like, I'll never be more confident in a campaign. You know, there's been a few campaigns. The original one, then there was a bit of a campaign around chronic consumption tax, which I think we did well whenever that came in four or five years ago. I think if we didn't, weren't as loud, we probably would have got higher chronic consumption tax taxes. And then this is this is another campaign, but this, this is the best one. This is the one. That's bloody that's bloody encouraging to hear, Rich. Yeah. we're talking about are all a bit negative here about you know, the 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 dice the dice um, position of things at the moment. But to hear your confidence levels on. Uh, we might get some change to be ahead and you people are listening to you. Um, that is very, very encouraging. Well, I don't think we're being negative. I, I just I think well, it feels like we're slow motion into the iceberg. And when you've got people that are um they couldn't be more chips in guys like Tristan. It's a family business. And then you've got someone who's got the tech savvy and the investment across the board on a bigger scale, which is a guy like Dean Shannon. And if if they're ringing the alarm bells, yeah, more uh, alarm bells. Sorry, I said the wrong word. Alarm bells. Well, I shouldn't have said. Anything. We're just not not trying to crash. Uh, I guess into the iceberg that everyone can see further down the track. And I tell you what, if we had waited for Tabcourt to pick up their feet, like um, that bloke Rikensfield or whatever his name is, they they released something the other day and they want to be digital savvy. They want to do this and that, and it's all about the customer. Like mate, the horse is bolted. Like that's ten years ago stuff and ten years ago conversations. Like they're absolutely asleep at the wheel and. Like, without getting too critical, like, as soon as you see guys like Adam Hamilton and Quinny leave the tab, you're thinking, oh, gee, ha- ha- what's going on here? Those blokes are so rusted on, alarm bells ringing, and they've they've seen the writing on the wall there as well. But it's just, if you if you rest on your laurels, nothing will go well, and there'll be no change and no good will come of it. Like, the tote's a great example, and I think it's a good thing that the tote, and you'll probably disagree with me here, Richie, but... The, the tote at the moment for a punter like me, there's 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 little value. Whereas best tote and SP, that's a good product for me. But I think the fixed odds, I guess, revolution is a great spot for punters across the boards because all of a sudden the offshore leakage to places like CityBet and those tote-based products, if that dies, that's that's fine. And all we need to do with our fixed odds market, you've got something that's so transparent from an track perspective, which is Betfair. All the bookies have got really tight um, KYC, know your customer areas. All we need to do is to try and get the fixed odds markets up at a reasonable level of pricing and then try and get to that low area of whether it's 115, 118% and just let everyone rip by that stage and have have smaller limits at the start. Let the smarts, let all of us bash the market to where it should be and then just open it up so you can turn over as much as you like within the last day of or as soon as race day comes you should be able to get on anywhere for a massive amount of bets and all these bookmakers should be able to lay off either on the exchange or with each other because the market's so true and so deep by that stage like it's like reversing bookmaking back 10 years ago where you could lay off but this UK model at the moment which sports better used to their to their advantage to grow so quickly it's ruined it for for anyone else yeah, the days of betting back, bookies betting back are long gone, Scoot. Long, yeah. long gone. But if you have the depth and the strength of an exchange and the bookies have got confidence to bet back, the whole market will rise and flourish. It's it's like the pinnacle sports model where you get to the, the number quicker. And that's what Top Sport were trying to do. And now they can't do it. And the percentage is going to be back onto their onto their boards and it's going the wrong way. They might be our uh, sponsor and we might talk about them favourably most of the time, but they do seem to align with a system that allows people like us into it far more than anyone else. Everyone else is 
really fallen along the the poker machine line now. They just they don't want to hold any bet that, that that risks them. They don't have to hold any bet that shows any risk to them. They only don't want any client that risks them. They just want to put it in the draw and forget. And and Tristan does seem the only one who wants to push forward. And that's why I see that he's like uh, someone that we probably should. Um, talk to a lot about, you know, okay, what do you need to push forward? This is what we need to push, you know, turnover forward. Is it possible for us to both exist? And and what would you need to that happen? And then present it forward. And it just makes sense that, you know, like same as a punter, the more you turn over, if you, if you have to sacrifice, you know, percentage on turnover, the more you're turning over, the safer you are. And it's the same with the industry. If we can generate more turnover, maybe drop the taxes a little bit to allow other people back in, it's um it's it should it's it's yeah as you said it flourishes it um, provides longevity for everybody in this industry not just punters. I think we what I think we should get out of this talk which has been a really good talk and I think a lot of people really enjoy watching it is we should try and one thing we need to realize is that maybe we don't fit in the industry anymore right and that's and I think about that and it's like okay well if I want to stay in the industry how can I keep making money maybe. It is by doing things like you do with Little Birdie and that and getting revenue not directly from betting. You know, you can entertain people um, like you do with Little Birdie. But we need to ask the people who make the decisions about whether or not we fit in the industry. And I don't really have an issue if we don't fit in the industry anymore because the industry costs a lot to put on and everyone needs, all the participants need to be rewarded um, before we make money on the punt. That's basically the way I see it. But what we can do is try and like get Andrew Jones on from RBL and even try and try and get PBL on and sit there and say, where do we fit in the industry and tell them about how we'd like to bet. And I would welcome them saying to us, actually, you guys don't fit in the industry anymore because the way that you guys want to bet, you guys want to bet into 105% markets, it's not sustainable for the industry. And if that's the case, then at least we know it and we can either try and make our form even work even harder at our form so we can um win betting into 115% or whatever, you know, whatever it's going to be, or we can not not bet in the industry. Um, but I think we need to be realistic in the sense that you probably don't want to hear this, but we make up like us semi-sophisticated punters make up probably 1% of punters. We don't really our turnover doesn't really matter. So we might be we, we might be one percent of punters, but what are we like in turnover? And then you, you you're talking about okay, I'm I'm like exactly what you're saying, 105 yeah. or something, whatever it is. But if you bring back in your Dr. Nicks, your Jelcos and things of, of, of previous days, I know they were on huge commission deals and things. If you if you have a more attractive environment, they come back. We do have the best product in the but, world. But Dr. Nick and Jelco are so much smarter than all of us. Like, it, that's the point. Like, they... They're gone already. What's that? They, they've left already, like you say. Yeah, they've but they've, they've, they've only left because it's not worth it a while. Like, didn't Dr. Nick left because he's like, I'm, like, this is all hypothetical, but I reckon he was like... I make $4 million a year on fixed odds racing in Australia and I couldn't give a shit about $4 million, and it's not worth all the dramas. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, Jocko, I, don't, I have no idea if Jocko still bets fixed odds, um, but they're just such massive, you know, they bet four or $5 million revenue to them is nothing compared to the $200 million they make on racing around the world. You know, that's where it's at. But if I you've mean, got the best racing product platforms, everything to put the best show on earth, it potentially... And they're leaving the space. Isn't that a bad sign that maybe things are out of balance? No, because they're so good and they make so much money in the rest of the world, they can't be bothered with. Yeah, that, but what I'm saying is, if, why why can't they be bothered? There's, there must be an yeah, imbalance that's somewhere. Right. So that's what we need. And yeah, I reckon, okay, how do you get Dr. Nick and Joko back? And I, I don't, 
I'm presuming Dr. Nick doesn't bet on fixed odds anymore. I don't have any intel on it. I mean, you know, he rumors like you guys do. But if you want to get Dr. Nick back, offer him automation so that he's he can get with as 50 or 60 bookers where many are. Um and that'd, that'd get him back. Yeah, and have and have minimum bet limits uh from the time people put the markets up and then reinvigorate the totes, get all the money going to the tote pools, give you know, people like us, um, you know, maybe there's all kinds of ideas you can do, you know, like we say that we get pegged a sophisticated punter. And if we bet on the tote, we get six to seven percent rebate because we are seen to be good for the game. So that and, and you know, to qualify for that, you've got to turn over so much. Or I don't know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head now, but there's so many things that we can do. Um, if if they want to keep us in the game, you know. Um, and I don't and I keep saying this is not I'm not whinging about us being forced out of the game because I still you can always adjust, you know. Um, we can always work harder to get your form even better. Um, but you know, these are the summer things, and let's. I reckon Andrew Jones is Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones is a great chance to come on this, and we could put it to him, put the questions to him beforehand, so it's not an ambush, you know. So and just show just why wouldn't he do it? I think it'd be really good for him. Uh, and then we can even put it to PBL, and if we keep chipping away at him, and once again put the questions to him and don't ambush him, he might come on and tell us where we sit um, and what he thinks about the fair play coalition and all that kind of stuff. Because it's not much. What's the point? Is we're just sitting here whinging like. Let's try and get something done. I, th- I think at the moment, I th- and Walt, might, uh, I think Walt mentioned it before. It's the, the people that are losing at five percent, ten percent, rusted on customers. Everyone's trying to find the ne- next customer, new customers. All these punters that have been in the game for so long, they get frustrated. They stop betting. The flow-on effect and knock-on effect. You know, the kids or whoever and their friends, they all stop betting. And then the, I guess the problem, the prop, but the prop, but the problem gambler. But, but like turnovers, like like sports, just keep turning over more and more money, like. Everyone's betting multis, like. But they tap, they tap out faster. So if if you want to generate fees, you you put the percentages down, and you you get the churn rate, so the customers stay in the game longer. So if you've got one hundred and thirty percent, the punter that bets into a one hundred and thirty percent market, they they can make less mistakes than the person that bets into a hundred and fifteen and one hundred and thirteen percent market. Like at Betfair, it was all about the churn rate. How do we get a customer that loses twenty percent down to ten percent? How does a customer that uh, loses ten percent. How do we get them to five percent? How do we get the winners that win ten percent to do more? And it's just like continually turning the money over and over and over, and that drives revenue and taxes and fees for these industry bodies. And that's it's it's just. But is that that's it, but we're, 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 how? Where's the evidence that turned up dropping? That's what. I'm, I sort of, I'm challenging. I'm like, I don't see it. No, like I, I see it go up, but then the squeeze is on all these other people that are promoting the game. Okay, so if I pack up and Little Birdie doesn't exist, with Walt, like Walt's got uh, heap, heaps of punters in his chat room, all that, like all that goes. Yeah, I like, all these, all these people, like at the knock-on effect of turnover is huge. Like in what we, like what we punch out. If Top Sport close the doors and Tristan goes, oh, this is too hard for me. Where do all those punters go? Like. The knock-on effect is is massive. Like, there's nothing to say that Tristan can't won't turn around in a year's time and say we've had a gut full of this. We're going to sell the business, and then there's an avenue for all of us that we use to get on, and we can't do that anymore. So, like, it, it it's a ma- it's a real big issue. Like, Trippy, like Matt Tripp could come and buy Top Sport and change his business business model completely, and we all can't get on. So, like, we've you've, you say that the all oh, and a lot of people say that the tab's gone. How how many times do you take quaddies and exotics now? Like, those pools are gone. So there's an, all that turnover's gone. We can't. I don't use the tote. Um, Betfair. If the if the liquidity's not there, I won't use that. If Top Sport, then go and sell. There's another option. And then 
all these all these new um, betmaker platforms, all these on-course bookies, well, it's it's 70 robot bookies and they've got this managed trading service. So there's one ship in there that can profile and control all the all the accounts. And like from an ethical uh, point of view, I just don't know how that can be right. And so I'm a manual punter, DK's a manual punter. These guys have got automated pricing systems. They've got a control system so they can put it on autopilot and one trading team can um, push the button on all these bets. Poor old DK's trying to whack away, have a million tabs open just to get his bet down. So he needs uh, he needs to have a fair fight. Like, but no, I'd like to, I like I'd like to hear Richie's thoughts. Just just digressing to that bet makers and all the new bookies joining the bet makers software with the the one managed trading area there, sharing knowledge and things like that. Richie, you got any issues with all of that? Yeah, a huge amount of issues, especially when it's they're using it to our disadvantage. Um, I don't know how far to go. Like, is it to the point where DK, you back a horse, and then literally every other bet makers bookie is alerted that Dan Kelly just backed this horse, or is it? Do they just not, are they just alerted by the fact that the horse goes from five dollars to four dollars sixty? Do you? Do you Most that? of them don't even manage their risk. They don't even see the bet. They don't see anything. They, they could they could access your bets because it's they're your client, but they won't know who's triggered it if it's another client. But they don't even see it. They just get the benefit of it. Yeah. So I mean, it's great. Like automation is great. Like let the bookies be as powerful as they want to be, but don't let us. Don't turn around and tell us that we have to sit there literally typing in two hundred dollars into the best of that hitting sand. Like, give us half a chance. And the biggest point is where there's no doubt that we off, we help the industry make a lot of money is knocking the markets into shape. Like, I know for a fact sports bet want us betting with them early because when we have, when Dan takes $5 a horse and brings it into 420 when the owner comes along and wants to have 10000 on it, sports bet are much happier to lay it to the owner at $4.20 than $5 because Dan's knocked it, you know, said it's not actually a $5 chance, it's probably closer to $4.00. So, and, and that's, you know, we have helped the industry make, especially sports bet, you know, make money because of the hard work we put in, which is fine. That's, that's part of a financial market. But then don't tell us that, like, they can have the fastest, best technology and we're not that any of it. Like, it's strong. And I, I kind of think the regulators are starting to see our point of view. Um, so let's hope it happens. <clears throat> From my point of view, I think I, I, I like the way you're headed with, um, I guess, the Andrew Jones discussion. I think it's um, maybe time to, I guess, well, we can kick it off. I'm happy to fly everyone to the same capital city uh, with us guys in the room. We can film it. We can stream it. We can get all the questions lined up. And I'd love to get Dean Shannon, Tristan there, um, someone progressive or someone that wants to listen like an Andrew Jones God, If we could get PVL in there, it'd be handy or just some regulators from Racing Queensland. Like, I don't think it's too fanciful, but I think the time is now to have that conversation and figure out where we fit in the landscape and take some more uh, more feedback from, I guess, some some other other areas and other codes. Because I know there's some harness racing punters that I spoke to that are knocking the door down that would be keen to jump on a, um, a punters coalition, see what their pain points are. I know the dog boys would be behind us and obviously sports punters just seem to be left out in the cold. Like They need minimum bet laws in play as another bit of low-hanging fruit, but um. What do you think, Rich? Do you reckon we can uh, make it happen and, and get everyone in a room? I'm sure Dean Shannon and Tristan would jump at the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get every, everybody in a room. Probably logistically, they might be a little hard, but that doesn't mean we can't um, still do it and patch it all together. Um, also, Tabcorp, like, I'll, I'll reach out to um, Adam, the CEO, and, like, ask him if he can come on here and talk to us. And once again, like, we won't be in ambush. The questions can be prepared beforehand, so he's, he's got a chance to answer them, answer them um 
properly. And yeah, like, I mean, because like people don't know this group, but you came to me a few weeks back, a few weeks back, and said, "Let's do something. Let's put a let's put a coalition together." And I was like, "Yeah, I've been thinking the same thing." But I think what we're doing right now in this this interview is the coalition. Like, we don't need to formalise or anything. This is the most powerful way to do it. It's social media. I reckon this this talk will get a lot of views, and we all agree that we want to we want to find out more and we want to try and affect change. Um, so let's rip in. You know, let's let's do. It. We don't want a free lunch either. Like as you said, you're not um, you're not. You think we had it too good early in the yeah. day, which we did. Like you 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 had a bet three six five account. Back in the day, you know, you couldn't lose, and that was insane. It was never going to remain. We don't want a free lunch. We're happy to work hard. We just want, you know, fairness, which is what you're saying. We want it to be back to some sort of level playing field where we know where we stand. We know we can exist because I'm like you. I'm, I, you know, every second day you're questioning whether there you, you, you are going to be in this industry long term. And like you, I'm passionate about the industry and, and want to remain in it. And I don't want any sort of head start so you know we're all happy to, to to try and work out what is a level playing field and coexist with everyone mm. and one another point that i wanted to throw in quickly is everyone's obsessed with making content all the bookies are trying to make content lab breaks are trying to make content all that kind of stuff there's so much great content in betting fluctuations and it takes me back to the point about dr nick um get dr nick back in the game and then when he takes the market out because he's got automation with everybody you can start saying that, like, you know, Dr. Nick just took the market out of this horse. Like, let's, in, and that's in that piece that I wrote, and invite them, the hedge funds and all that kind of stuff. Get the new trying to bet on it. And then it's it creates theatre and it creates content because something's happening in the market. You know, this this hedge fund just took the, took the ring out on Flemington Race 3. Like, let's get, there was so much theatre in the on-course ring. Let's try and bring that back. Um, but it can't happen unless you bring in some, some proper structural changes. And all that creates turnover and totally, creates totally, totally. interest. Everyone's tailing it. Oh, I love it when, you know, what's what's a huge Citadel, the biggest one of Nick's Citadel just took the ring out on this. And um, you know, Dr. Nick just smashed this, King's just just having this, you know, like like I I speak to Kings all the time. He's fully in on like he would be happy for his bets to be broadcast all the time. Once he as long as he can get set at a you know in a in a in a fair way, absolutely. But he's and, and, he, he can't get like he he's he's like I know him very, very well. He works so fucking hard. Um he's always all he does is see I was speaking to him the other day, he's like, I don't watch TV, all I do is sit at my desk doing like on my computer. And but he's disillusioned, he's like, it's like I can't get on anymore. Everyone just takes my information and uses it against me. I have people message me on Twitter, oh, Kingsley's on this, Kingsley's on that, and that's what you say. You try and track back how they even know, and it's through a corporate or it's through whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Nick and I sit here and talk about a silly horse on Saturday three days out, and you're talking about it for 10 seconds. It's firm from $21 into $12 and probably, you know, $100 worth of turnovers. So it's just it, it's not helping anyone. You can't actually, as you say, at the moment you can't be transparent because the market won't allow for it. Amazing yeah. times. I it's, mean, uh, yeah, it's interesting times, and it's uh, it just doesn't it doesn't sit still, Scoot. No, exactly. And, <clears> and <throat> I think it's um, you know, everyone's worried. Maybe I don't know two or three or four year ago, years ago, saying you know, where's the you know, it, there's only going to be a couple of bookies left, and then all of a sudden we've got all these uh, on course bookmakers that are migrating online, and I, I just think it's it, it's in a mess. And I think um, to just sort of sum up, I think the national bookmakers betting obligation is a really smart play. I'm not sure that the the MBLs raising that is going to do much but i think if we can try and get that on a on a uniform approach across the board and i think richard's idea about a federal body that controls that is a good one 
I think we need to tie it back somehow. Or the market percentage issue is a big one. Uh, Richie touched on it before. The smarts need to bash the market into a uh, a decent enough level so that there's a bit of depth to the market and so everyone can bet and everyone's happy and safe. And again, once you get the percentages down, once the markets are deeper across the boards, then bookies can start to lay off, bet back with themselves, and it just needs a real big cleanup. So I think what, what we'll try and do is we'll try and get um, Andrew Jones and a couple other people, Tristan, Dean Shannon, uh, over, I guess, the spring carnival and try and get them uh, in a room or we'll get them staggered and um, with some some interviews and um, we'll push as hard as we can and support Richie uh, in his quest for um, some uh, some traction with the uh, with the federal feds and uh, hopefully uh, the PRAs like Racing Victoria who are one of the more progressive. Um, we can get we can get him in touch with them and we can start making some uh, genuine changes. And the last one uh, I want to make is like there is a pathway to a national bookmakers betting obligation via the federal government. They've done all the research and that's why I wrote the open letter to the social services minister. She just has to make a decision. They've done the research. They like do you know how long it would take to write a fifty eight page report on account closures and restrictions takes months and months and months. It would have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Make a decision. Like, you know, yeah. So it's 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 there. It's not like because the worst thing is, oh, we want this change and they've got to get a government and it takes forever to get like we've done all that. We've been the government. They've they've done what governments should do. They just need to make a decision. I think uh, Andrew Jones is the man. He said he wants to put punters first and customers first, and uh, I guess we're going to try and call him out and do it. But uh, big thanks, Richie. We could talk about this as we have probably for an hour already now or close what to it. What are we scheduled to talk for, like 10 minutes or something? Yeah, no idea, probably 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes, but I think we're about 45 minutes on the uh, clock. So important, I, very important. Big line, thanks. Line in the sand moment. Good luck. And uh, anyone that uh, wants to follow Richie's stuff is uh, it's, uh, at so the great game on uh, on Twitter or just follow at Little Birdie TV. We'll be retweeting and uh, commenting a lot or uh, at Bet Doctor TV. But uh, big thanks from all of us here, Richie, yeah. and uh, have a good weekend. Bye, boys. Bye. All right, Richie. Richie. See you, mate. All right, we might uh, take a quick break, see if Nico's here and uh, beaten the uh, the Monash car park, and uh, we'll get back to, uh, I guess, the, the normal uh, routine of the show and try and find you guys a winner for this weekend on the punt. Yeah.